and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, I had the opportunity to chat with the founder of the Facebook support group, Living Well with Anosmia, Debbie Jinx. Debbie also writes an Anosmia blog and is in the process of starting her own pepper plant business. You can find links to her blog, the Living Well with Anosmia support group, and her Purely Peppers page on Facebook in the episode description. Please make sure to go and check them all out. Debbie has anosmia due to a post-traumatic brain injury and deals with bouts of parosmia. Let's jump in and listen to the interview. So good morning, Debbie. Welcome to the Smell Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. So uh, can we get started? Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you from? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm from, well, I'm from the UK. I'm from a place called Walsall, which is near Birmingham. Well, I was born there, but my dad was in the army, so I didn't spend that much uh, time over there. What can I tell you about myself? Well, obviously, I've got nausea. I've been a singer for 15 years. Uh, I did that as a living. I don't do it now because it's kind of burnt out and things. So now I grow my own chili peppers, and I still do a little bit of singing and... I've got a blog, a Nosmia blog. In fact, I've got two blogs. I've got writing blog and a Nosmia blog. That's awesome. So you do have anosmia. So can we talk a little bit about your anosmia story? That's right, yes. Well, it, it began in February, February the 17th, 2015. I remember it well because, obviously, it, it was quite a, me- a memorable experience for me. We'd gone over to some friends and we just got there actually and I passed out because I do have epilepsy that's controlled by drugs but but at that point they were still working on controlling it so I actually passed out and I hit my head I fell backwards and hit my head against the wall very very hard and when I came round I realized I couldn't smell or taste anything wow yeah that's really unfortunate were your friends kind of nervous or did you have to go to the hospital well, stupidly, I didn't want to spoil the evening, so I said I was fine and carried on. My husband, they tried to catch me, but they weren't quick enough, so I really hit my head hard, and I had a massive bump on it, but uh, like I say, I wanted the evening to carry on, so I didn't say anything. And then as the time wore on, I was starting to feel really poorly, and we, were ha- we had a glass of wine, and I realized I couldn't taste it, and I thought, oh, that's weird. Maybe it's just not very good wine. No, it's red wine, and thought, can't taste anything and then I said oh what we're having for for tea and she says oh it's a curry I'm cooking it now and I and I said oh is it covered up is there a lid on or something because I can't actually smell the curry and I didn't realize then what had happened and then as, as the evening wore on I started to get really worried because because actually it clicked that everyone else could smell and taste things and I couldn't so we went home after that because I was so concerned Wow, so that was like pretty much immediately then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was immediately. As soon as I came around, that was it. So it was really scary. And then I went home and I went to the doctors because obviously I had a massive bump on my head. But also I was worried about the the fact that I couldn't smell or taste. I didn't know what it was then at the time. And it was very dismissive, actually. He just said, oh, don't worry. If it doesn't come back in four weeks, then pop and see me. But uh, don't worry about it. I didn't come come back in four weeks. It didn't come back a year later, and I'm well. I'm where I am now. I have slight amount of taste, slight amount of smell, 
back, but very, very little, just like the normal taste, like um, sweet, salty, sour, and uh, unami, which is like weird, like meaty taste. And that's it. The smells hardly anything at all. It's just a tiny bit. If, if it's something really, really strong, I can smell it very, very vaguely, but that's it. So. Wow. Mm. All right. So just kind of when we were getting to know each other before the interview, you had mentioned possibly that you had parosmia and is are you still experiencing parosmia or did you experience that yes i did experience it at one point i couldn't eat anything it was everything just tasted and smelled so disgusting that i just stopped eating and i actually lost weight i went down to six stone and um, had to be hospitalized because everyone was so concerned about about my weight loss because i had really low blood sugar level and i kept passing out and things so yeah, that was pretty scary, but it everything tasted like, uh, well, I'm not going to swear, but like excrement. It yeah. And eat something like that. So obviously you don't really fancy eating that. So I just, I couldn't eat at all. It was awful, really horrible. Um, were there any things that you found were more tolerable than others? Cheese was okay because all I got was, was salt. Because like I say, most synodomics can like, get a sensation of salt to you etc so cheese was all right and very very sweet things but onions and garlic i still can't actually tolerate onions or garlic i can't smell it or go near them that's something that's, that's stuck with me they were disgusting just everything else was awful beans any meat chicken just it's just horrible it was very very basic things like sweet sweet things like puddings and cheese really and wow. bland like potatoes, you know, anything that doesn't really have a taste anyway, unless you do something with them. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. so unfortunate. I've mentioned before on the show that I actually haven't experienced parosmia, which yeah. I'm very grateful for because speaking with you and with other people, it just sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sometimes think, and maybe it sounds awful to people who are anosmic and hear this, I sometimes think it's better to be anosmic than parosmic because at least when you can't smell or taste anything, you're not feeling sick all the time and not being, you know, unable to eat. Obviously, it's still not very nice eating it, but at least you don't get that horrible sensation and taste it while you're doing that. So. No, I think I would agree with you. I think that's fair. So also online, I kind of electronically met you or social media met you through your Facebook group. So you started a group called living well with anosmia so can you talk a little bit about why you decided to start that group and how it got going yeah basically all the groups and i'm not being detrimental to other anosmia groups because they're all brilliant but a lot of the groups seem to be focusing on the the bad you know the negativity of anosmia and prosmia and it was all kind of things about how awful it was how horrible it was you know what they were going through and i thought you know we're gonna have there's gonna have to be someone that starts a group that are going to be it's going to be more positive and even though I was still suffering badly I thought maybe I should do it and I spoke to uh, Chrissy who got you I know you know her uh -huh. um, very experienced smell trainer and also was my friend she was great where well, she still is and was there for me at the time and discussed it with her and she said yeah go for it Another, there's never been any other group like that so that's what I did and I've got over 1,000 members now, and we discuss things like food, food that works, uh, we um, suggest recipes, 
and we do discuss things when you know when we're upset and stuff like that but always like we also have different topics different subjects totally away from anosmia I don't want to touch that sometimes and we just chat about what a day's like or what we're doing on the weekend and just so there's still positivity in their lives and they're not thinking about all the bad stuff all the anosmia all the time sometimes you can get so obsessed in it with it you you can just forget that it's still a life and you've still got a life to live and anosmia shouldn't define you yeah, it's part of your life, but you should still, you know, grasp the good things about your life and remember those and focus on those as well. Yeah, I actually really enjoy your group. It is oh. it is very positive when you go in there and you read comments from other people. Yeah. One of the main goals of the show, uh, the small podcast, is just really to let everybody know that we're not alone. So mm -hmm. I think it's very similar to what you're trying to do with your group as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do try and be as supportive as possible. I mean. The group, the people in the group are brilliant now because there's so many people now, they will often, like the people that have been there for a long time, will be really supportive. And sometimes I don't even have to say anything because they're all, all there to say it for me and on their behalf. And it's almost like the group runs itself now because there's so many people that are brilliant now and have gone through so many things. I can just sit back and observe and realise, you know, how great it is. I'm not sounding big-headed, but I'm really proud of of the group and how it's come along and some of the people in there are, are amazing amazing po positive people no that's awesome i think that's the goal of any group is to mm. get it to where it can support itself so that's yeah. that's awesome yeah. so you mentioned that you know christy from the smell training facebook group and online she has her website yeah. have you met her in person or are you online friends no, I went down, I've been down to see her a few times because we were such good friends and I went down to do, I was kind of the guinea pig for the first smell training courses she started. So I went down and did that with her um, so she could see how they went and things and I do find smell training is helpful. The main thing I think about smell training though is you've got to be dedicated and keep doing it and keep doing it and I'm, I'm quite bad at not doing that but then when I get back into it, you know, it is, I think it definitely helps and makes a difference. Yeah. Are you able to perceive some of the smells? Yeah. To be honest, it's, it's things like the citrusy type of things, like the lemon and um, the lime ones, and sometimes the tree bark ones, because she does different types of tree bark. Not so much the flowery smells, more of the, um, the earthy and, and citrusy smells. So. That's awesome. I have a smell training kit that I made, and I also have admitted before that I'm not very good at sticking with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to stick with it. So I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be so committed to doing it. That's the thing. So. It's so but important. I know there's been some brilliant results as well though. So it's definitely worth doing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very important to stick with it. All of these interviews always just remind me to try again, keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of transitioning on to another topic. How important is texture for you in the food that you eat now that you have anosmia? Mm -hmm. It's actually very important because it makes the food a lot more interesting for me. I mean, my husband's really good. He thinks about things like that all the time. And when we eat now, we do take a, you know, take a lot, make a lot of consideration about the texture of food. Like if it's going to be crunchy or chewy, we don't go for like liquidy stuff too much, apart from obviously normal drinks because that's pretty boring but yeah lots of different textures like the salads all, all always have different 
um, types of things in it to make it interesting and our dinners will as well so yeah I think it's it's important because it makes food more interesting definitely do you have a favorite kind of food to eat now oh that's a good one anything with heat I like I like chili without garlic obviously I don't put garlic in that's the thing I, I tend to make my own stuff from scratch because then I know there's not garlic and onion in it and yeah I like I like me puddings I must admit as well which maybe isn't that great but it's not a bad thing because it's helped me put weight back on so yeah heat anything hot um really works well for me speaking of that uh, you recently started a pepper growing business is that right can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah I've, I've just started dabbling in it really to see how it goes I've grown peppers for a few years I find it really uh, really rewarding growing these little tiny seeds and they grow into these huge well not huge some are plants and the variety you can get as well is really good but I can spend ages in my greenhouse just um, sitting and pot pottering around and repotting in fact I did it earlier before I was speaking to you I find it almost mindful because I go into my own little world I don't think of other things I love being outside anyway and I just feel a real sense of satisfaction and calm when I'm doing it. So I thought, well, you know, I love it so much. Why don't I try and make it work, work as a little business? Because I do actually, if I would say so myself, grow them really well and they're really healthy peppers. So I'm going to see how it goes. I'm just dabbling at the moment, like I said, just like a venture. But I'm hoping it might go somewhere. I've got a page. It's called Purely Peppers on Facebook. And that's getting quite quite a number of, of followers now as well. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to make sure that we link to your um, Purely Peppers page on the Facebook and then also your Anosmia blog. That'd be brilliant. Okay. That'd be so if people, are, if people are over there in the UK, are they able to buy those from you now, your peppers, or is that coming in the future? That'll be coming in the future because it's so new. People at the moment will come to me or if they're not far I'll bring them over I mean you can actually package them up as plug plants but that's something that I need to like work out how to do properly because I don't want to damage them so like I say it's very very new it's almost going to be like a cottage industry so just like slowly build it as I go along that's great so definitely if listeners are interested they should go and get on your purely peppers website on the Facebook yeah, yeah. well it, that's that's not actually a website, that's just a page at the moment. But okay. you can find it on Facebook and just put in Purely Peppers, you'll find it okay. Very nice, cool. Yeah, we'll make sure that that's included. Also something with anosmia that I've experienced is when your food goes bad. So literally the other day, I went to have a bowl of cereal and I poured the milk and I had some of the cereal and it just tasted kind of weird, the milk yeah. did. Yeah. So I generally go by checking the date on it to see when it's going bad or like when it's the best buy date. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I didn't. So I was eating it and I was like, I don't think this milk is good. <laughs> and, it, and it was like a week and a half, two weeks old. Yeah, right. Okay. And yeah. so I was like, oh, no. So for you, how do you figure out if your food has gone bad? Do you have strategies oh. that you use? I look and see what it looks like. Obviously, initially, if there's any like odd-looking lumps in it or anything, then I won't buy it. I won't eat it. Uh, my husband's very good. If I want to check and I'm not sure, he'll taste test things for me. 
player. He's brilliant like that. I mean, he's been amazing, so supportive. But he'll do things like that for me. If he's not around, then if I think it's dodgy, I won't risk it and I just won't eat it. And But I won't throw it out just in case I'm wrong until he checks for me. Uh, but, yeah, mainly my husband and what it actually looks like. And like you, if I do do if I do eat something, I can tell if it doesn't taste right. I can't tell that it's off, but I can tell it just doesn't. It just tastes weird, or on my tongue, you know, the texture, yeah. things like that. So, yeah, yeah, there are ways, but it's not as obvious, unfortunately, for us as as the people who like straight away tasting maybe goats out, um, you know, yeah. taste sour, something like that. Yeah, we need a few bites to to really figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's a common theme just from doing the interviews that people who have anosmia have like supportive partners or friends who are around to help. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I'm really lucky because I've got a small group of friends who, whenever we go over for dinner, they actually cater for me and they know exactly what I can and can't eat, and that's brilliant. So they actually cook for everybody, but They'll cook it in, you know, in mind to what I can and, and can't eat, which is great. But yeah, I'm really lucky. My family are brilliant. My husband and my close friends. There are people who don't get it, but you always get that and you and you uh, make thoughtless remarks. But I don't get annoyed with them because I think, well, they don't understand how it feels and what it's like. So I just let it wash over me. Yeah. Moving on to a different topic. Can you share with us what's your funniest or most memorable anosmia experience? Well, when you asked me this, I had to have a really good think about it, actually, because I couldn't remember that was what was really funny. I mean, that is a bit how I am anyway now. After the head injury, my memory was affected and not my medication, so I really, really had to think hard about it. But there was one time when me and my... I've got two sisters, both younger, they're brilliant, and we all went out, we decided to go for it, and this was when I had... Well, when I once I got my anosmia, and go for a meal to an Indian restaurant. And so what we did when we went, my sisters sat there and taste tested. We got loads and loads of different food, and there was food all over covering the table, and they sat and taste tested things. And, I mean, we got so many looks, so they must have thought we were real greedy or something. But they sat and taste tested things until they found something that I could eat, and then then... I ate it and they just tried to devour the rest of it. But it was quite amusing because we'd ordered so much food. I think it cost us a fortune as well. But we just did it for a laugh and we had a few glasses of wine. It was just fun, you know. It was Everybody else probably thought we were really weird. But it was just fun, you know, it was a giggle. And it made me realise I still could enjoy things, you know, and have fun. Even with yeah. My, yeah, being such a prominent part of my life. Well, that's just lovely. You have you have someone, those two supportive sisters in your life who you can go out and it doesn't matter what anyone else is thinking. You guys are kind of exploring what you're able to do and, and yeah. you do have a lot of food. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, definitely. So kind of talking back to um, you had mentioned some people don't understand it mm-hmm. and they're not aware. So mm-hmm. when smell comes up in daily life, just in mm-hmm. day-to-day conversations, do you take the time to explain to people that you can't smell? I do, actually, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not embarrassed by it or anything like that. It's just that, that what's happened. But, yeah, I do because I want people to understand. I want them. I want to make people aware. Part of, actually, part, part of the reason why 
I do a blog is because I'm trying to raise awareness because it's not always anosmics that read it, there are other people read it as well. And I feel it's important that people know, you know, and actually understand how, how you know, how devastating it is and how much it affects your life. I don't go into woe is me, I just explain that I can't taste and smell and if they ask me why, I tell them why and that's it really. Do you find that people are receptive? Yeah, actually. A lot of them say they can't imagine how how it would feel and and that's when the point where I say, well, no, you, you wouldn't be able to unless you actually experience it. But yeah, most people are, are pretty good. Some people just laugh it off, but most people I talk to, they're normally kind of at least acquaintances anyway. So yeah, they're, they're all pretty good. That's great. How do you feel about the word disability? And do you identify as having a disability with anosmia? When I first thought about it, when people used to, my mum used to say, you know, it's a disability, don't you? And I thought, I, did, I didn't see, you know, you have preconceptions about what disability is, you know, if you can't see or if you're in a wheelchair. So I didn't think of it at the time as something like that. But now I do, I do think it is because you know, your disability is you can't smell anything, you can't taste anything. Okay, you can still see, but, you know, not being able to smell can be quite dangerous. Obviously, you can't smell smoke, or, you know, if there's gas leak, if the house is on fire, unless you're there seeing it. So, yeah, I do, I do think so. And maybe some people in love me don't like that word disability. I didn't at first, and I wish there was another way of putting it. But, yeah, I do think so, yeah. I agree. I've I've kind of come into the come into peace with the word yeah yeah I think it is important to claim it because it isn't always people who are in a wheelchair or who can't see or who can't hear it's the same concept we can't smell it's invisible yeah but I think it is so important that we say yes we do have a disability and we're kind of redefining that word for others I think that's partly why people don't understand because you can't see it and and it's so much it's so taken for granted because people can't imagine it any other way they don't understand how bad it is does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah well you don't appreciate things until you don't have them no that's generally in general yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so what would you like people who do not have a smell disorder to know about what it's like living with one uh hmm, that's a tough one actually how how isolated you feel because unless you're around people that have anosmia then that people you know they don't understand and it actually feels quite lonely sometimes if the only I mean if it hadn't been for the groups when I first discovered the groups and it was actually my sister who encouraged me to see if there's anything on Facebook I would have felt like really really isolated and on my own and alone and I think that's something anosmics feel when it first happens and people don't get that because they can't understand the situation. So I, I think that's quite kind of quite a big part of it, actually. Yeah, that it can be very isolating. Yeah, it can be. And also, you know, I would say like, and and it's you know, it's it's true in studies that smell can obviously trigger memories because you might, you know, certain smells might you know bring back a, a memory from your childhood. And so when you don't have that, that smell, there might be things that you don't, that you, you forget about, and you forget about you, that you've experienced. And obviously people with the smell don't, can't understand that either. 
And like I say before, unless it happens, you, you don't realise how devastating it is and how much it completely changed your whole life, your whole concept of how you enjoy things and how you how you become happy again. Is it completely changes that? Yeah, I think especially with the memories for me around like holidays, it's very it can be very depressing oh, if I yeah. focus on that. Yeah, yeah, because. Yeah. I can't smell like the meal that my family is cooking or like the Christmas tree, if it's a real Christmas tree. That's right, yeah. I mean, for me, I really miss the smell of grass because that used to give me a memory of like, you know, being in the garden in the summer, cutting the grass. And I miss that because it was a look, it's a smell I really, really loved. And unfortunately, that's one of the smells that still uh, set off, sets off my parosomy and it just smells like off not disgusting but off if I smell cut grass now and that's how I associate cut grass which is a real shame because it was I just loved that smell when I could still smell properly yeah and you like to be outside I love being outside I'm really I'm a real outdoor person I love wildlife I love walking and growing things and where we live we're really lucky because we're in North Yorkshire and North Yorkshire is like a beautiful place with some uh, beautiful places to go lovely walks things like that so it's different, but and at first I felt so isolated. I just want to curl up into a little ball and give up. I've got to be honest. But as I came to terms with it, it well, somewhat, I had to like get out of that and go and enjoy things and explore and walk and see wildlife and nature again. That's good. For me, I think the, the smell that I miss the most, mm-hmm. which is random to me, but it's library books. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I really I really like reading, and so just yeah. growing up, I've always gone to the library wherever I've lived and gotten books, and they have a certain smell. Oh, they do. They have a lovely smell. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's one I would definitely agree with. Yeah, because I love to read myself, and I also enjoy writing. So yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how you even describe the smell of library books, but it's just very unique and and one of my favorites yeah yeah it is hard I think now I can't smell things it's harder to describe what it's sometimes I can forget you know what things used to smell like I can kind of get it in my head but I can't actually describe what it used to smell like because it doesn't smell like that anymore right so how can listeners get in touch with you on social media Right. Well, I have a blog, which is www.anosmiamyworld.wordpress.com. And also, I'm on Facebook in general. And I'm on Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram. So quite a bit. I can't remember all the addresses, to be honest. I'm on so many things. Do you want me to give you some or... Yeah, if you would like, you can send them to me in an email and then I'll make sure that I include them. Yeah, okay. That would be good because I do um, talk about things like that on, in, in my groups and especially uh, my Facebook group. If anyone who, if anyone would like to join it, it's called Living Well with Anosmia. You know, everybody's more than welcome. Like I said, really, really supportive people on there. So if anything, if you wanted to check me out anywhere, go on join the Facebook group because they're brilliant. Thank you. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah, 
just to say to people that you're not alone. Sometimes it's raw, especially when it's first happened to you, but you you need to not hold it in and you know not you know become a recluse. You need to speak to people about it and find other people in that situation. For me that was the the best thing that could happen because they're the people who get it. Your family, yeah, they can be supported, but they don't really you know, as hard as they may try, they don't actually understand how it feels like. So people who get it and understand, it makes you feel better because you know that they, they're in that situation. And, and so if you can talk to them, that really lets it out and lets your feeling, feelings out and gets it off your chest almost. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that you can get in touch with Debbie through her Facebook support group, Living Well with Anosmia. You can also find her Anosmia blog online at www.anosmiamyworld at wordpress.com. And you can learn about her new business, Purely Peppers, on its Facebook page, facebook.com slash purelypeppers. You'll also find her on Pinterest and Twitter, and I'll include the links to all of these websites in the episode description. Please let me know what you thought about today's episode. What topics would you like to see covered in the future? If you have a story that you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, please send me an email at thesmellpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at thesmellpodcast, and I'm always interested in sharing listener stories. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend the Smell Taste 2019 conference next month because I'll be heading to a friend's wedding. However, I really hope that the rest of you can make it. Please check out their website at www.smelltaste.org to find information and get registered. And I really look forward to hearing from you guys if you attend and learning about everything that is going on in the world of smell and taste. So please rate, review, and subscribe to The Smell Podcast on iTunes. Reviews are helpful because they allow others to find the show. And finally, if you would like to financially support the podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. I appreciate your support. And a huge, huge shout out to Kim and Rez for becoming my first monthly supporters. Your support makes the show possible. Until next time, have a great day.